one thing was people were lacking fun in their lives. It was yeah. huge. They were sacrificing their own personal health to look after other people, which is big. But at the same time, you've got to put back into yourself as well. In today's show, we are joined by the owner of Introducers Gym, Alan Lee, and also with one of his coaches from the gym, also named Alan. This chat today is so much more than just talking about lifting weights. We delve into the psychological connection people make with their exercise and why belonging to a fitness community will not only help you stay committed to your workouts, but also why this has a significant benefit to your mental health and your sense of purpose. One of our biggest focuses in this talk today is around how people can find a good balance between their work or their busy work lives, their fitness regimen and their social interaction time. Some of the topics that we do cover include how to create a positive emotional connection to your fitness, how to turn exercise from being a chore to an enjoyable fun activity, as well as how to better optimize your workout routine. Alrighty, let's get stuck into it. You're listening to the iCuckoo Podcast with Alex Shepard. Pilot your potential and take off. Your vision is to devise a courage blueprint for the world, enabling masterful choices, inspired actions, and have more fun in all areas of life. Correct. So what do you mean by those different elements? I mean, as a purpose, I mean, my objective, and this is something that I've refined for years, is just to really help communities find time in their really busy, stressful lives to have fun guilt-free. That is the purpose, and how I do that is just through the three pillars of training, which is fun, performance, and recovery. Mm -hmm. And that is something that a lot of people tend to lack these days. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, just through how fast-paced how life works, you know, yeah, you know how yeah. quick everything runs these days. Yeah, like we're onto so the next many pressures thing. Pressures and correct, yeah. and everyone's stressed out. And like you know, and when you get older, you only get more pressure these days. So, hmm. um, in terms of my nation and the kind of community that I want to build, it's just purely just to bring people together, just to inspire each other, and to learn learn how to have fun through movement. Yeah, right. So <clears throat> in that vision. You've said courage, mm-hmm. courage blueprint. What mm-hmm. do you mean by that? Courage is, uh, courage is a, is a trait that you can't just pick up, and it's not something that you can learn mm-hmm. as such. Courage really does come from within. It's really just stepping out of your comfort zone and really pursuing what it is that you want for yourself. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what courage is: yep. is to be able to step out of any fears that you may have, mm-hmm. and to really push forward and really build the best version of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think any like, everyone has it within them? Yes. And they've just got to tap in or? Yes. It takes time. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. So. And it, and the penny has, the penny has to drop for it to happen. And it's all done through action. A lot of it. Right. So, so how do you hook into it? Uh, how do you hook into it? It's purely, um, living through your values is a big one. One of the biggest things I've learned through mentorship is trying to knuckle down your top three values in life. Okay. When, you've, when you're secure on your top three values in life, that's when you can start living your life with purpose and that's where the courage comes from, right. I find. And also courage comes from just being able just to <laughs> sometimes say yes and think about it later. Yeah, you're you know? right. Um, it's really about taking inspired action all yeah. the times and inspiration um, can either work both ways. Some, one, some days you can be really inspired to do something and then it could just be a phase and you just go back to your everyday life. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's sometimes it's just about just taking that risk and just saying, you know what, 
not with, with lack of a better way, just fuck it and just go for it. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and just not? go for it, you know? Just jump. <laughs> and just go for it. And that's exactly what I had to do. And that and, and that to me is courage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, pretty to, courageous starting yeah. this this business. You know, and some, sometimes it doesn't feel right at the time because our mind plays a lot of tricks on us a lot of the times and mm. it just creates all these different avenues for you to be like, oh, maybe I should do this. Oh, but and I, I need a financial, st- I need financial stability to be able to do it or mm. something along those lines. Like we always, they're always waiting for something. Mm. It's about just stepping out and just, just taking your, your best shot really. Yeah. So. Cause I suppose the mind's always, or the mm. body's designed to oh, protect itself, isn't it? Completely. So it's survival mode. Yeah, exactly. And growing up as well, um, you know, especially in an, in an Asian household, <laughs> you know, it's all about structure and you need to make sure that you've got this to be able to pursue that and you have a certain timeline to do things in as well. So for us to step out and just like, and just pursue something that we feel passionate about, yeah. it has to be within a certain structure. So for you to step out and say, cool, I need, I want to do this right now and just do it, it's completely unheard of, especially in my right. culture. So. so it's unusual to go against the grain. <laughs> completely, and- man. Yeah, yeah. My mom lost her shit when I didn't want to go to uni. (laughs) You know, you know what I mean. Like when I said I wanted to pursue this, they they questioned it every day, and that's that's always a big influence too. And we tend to sometimes listen to outside world too. So yeah. So how did you find the quietness then within you to work out what it is that Uh, you wanted without hearing all of that? How did that happen? I had to really believe in myself. And I had to really, really knuckle down and say, I, I can make my own decisions. Yeah. And that's sometimes really hard a lot of the times because we are influenced by a lot of people. And there are, you know, some of your best friends will say, oh, I don't know if it's the best thing for you. And that could really deter you a lot of the times. But totally. it has to feel right. It, mm. it, it, it comes from within. You can't teach that. Or it's, and people can't influence that. Mm. So um, when I decided to make the, the step into working for myself, that was the scariest thing because I was so comfortable with a full-time wage and I was so comfortable getting superannuation and getting annual leave and, you know, just getting paid, just getting paid the same amount and being able to budget off that. But, you know, when you start out in this industry, a lot of the times we don't have any systems that's going to help us. We tend to just try and pick up change here and there and wherever mm-hmm. to be able to be successful and um, and that can really put a financial strain on you mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff too, so... So I'm interested to go back um, to where fitness started for you, I suppose. So Mm -hmm. your story of um, uh, when you first started getting into being fit and healthy and wanting to go down this pathway, Mm -hmm. what what was your story? What's the starting point? Well, um, all throughout primary school and growing up and stuff, I was always the scrawny Asian kid as such. And, (laughs) you know, I had to – and, like, I used to play a lot of sport. I played – I competed in Taekwondo for a very long period of time and um, I played AFL for for a lot of it as well and just growing up like I just never really had a lot of self-confidence within myself Um, you know I was I was fun out within my group of friends and stuff but purely like I was really unhappy with myself just unhappy with the way I looked and everything else and I guess the turning point was when I joined a gym and um, there was a personal trainer there Adam shout out to you Adam Um, (laughs) he he was always busy all the time. He, all of his clients would always, would always like gravitate to him. Okay. Like even when he would be training clients, like all of his clients that went training with him at the time would always just be surrounded around him and he used to just carry this community and it was really cool to see. So me just watching from a distance, it's like, oh, that guy seems like he knows what he's doing and he's creating a bit of a community here. That's kind of cool. So I reached out to him, ended up getting some personal training. He pretty much transformed me completely. It was like teach me how to put on weight, um, 
he gave me a lot of self-confidence. I met a whole bunch of new people. And he was the sole reason why I got into the fitness industry was purely because I, I was so inspired by what he was doing. Um, unfortunately, me and him don't speak anymore, but I still, still to this day, regardless if I don't speak to him or not, I still thank him because he was actually the reason why I got into the industry. Yeah, right. Um, so, you know, you can never take that away from somebody. Yeah. You know, so it's a good thing. So what you <clears throat> just said, you, you sort of had that, um, that person that sort of got you into industry, but then also um, with your story and taking the leap and, um, to, you know, where everything's flowing and you're making money and you're, you're feeling inspired and, and you're enjoying mm-hmm. what you're doing, yep. that all came through having a mentor. Correct, yes. So I kind of want to go into a bit of that for both of you actually because Alan number two <laughs> um, has been getting mentored by Alan number one. <laughs> and so I want to hear a bit about how you're, you've been finding having yep. a mentor as well. Yep. So um, based on that, why do you think it's, has, it's so important to have a mentor? Because they teach you things that you don't see for yourself. Um, they teach you systems and a lot of the times they, they – it really depends on the mentor as well. Mm-hmm. There has to be a connection there to begin with for, for it to actually work. Um, a lot of mentors these days would, uh, generally have the same systems and it's, it's a, there's a lot of them out there at the moment, especially on social media. Like every second ad is someone like trying to mentor somebody. Yeah. But um, purely uh, with Mark, shout out to you, Mark, as well. He, um, he bugged me for ages because he was very successful as a trainer and he started to get... Just he, he started to transition from being a personal trainer into the mentorship. Mm. And me being, you know, you know, very prideful and was like, I can do this myself. I, I shut him down a lot. He used to bug me every single week, like, how's business going? But like, oh, yeah, he used to lie to him and say, business is going great, you know. Like, I picked up an extra two clients and got an <laughs> extra 20 bucks in the bank, you know. And I just like, <laughs> I just make up something. But he knew deep down that um, it wasn't what it was. So he used to bug me every week. He's like, man, I can teach you a lot. I've got, I can see all the, he said, I can see all the mistakes that you're making when I first started. Mm. And I can really teach you a lot of things. And I said, all right. Eventually, after a lot of um, back and forth, I decided to take him on. And funnily enough, he's still my mentor till this day. And it's been close to four years now. So Wow. Yeah. I suppose that takes courage, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Asking, Huge. like admitting that. You do need some assistance, Huge. and that you don't actually have yeah. all, all of the know. Us as guys in general, does. like we're so prideful, you know. Exactly. We're just like, oh, we can do it ourselves, you know. Yeah. It, it's 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 always like that, you know. Like we always struggle to ask for help, and that's something that's come up lately for me as well is being able to ask for help. Yeah. Um, because you can't do it on your own. Mm. Absolutely not. So, have but um, you, he's definitely changed it? my life for sure. For me, it's been great. Um, so me myself and I met when I qualified as a personal trainer this year, I had to do work experience. Mm-hmm. And as Al was saying there, it has to be a connection with the mentor. So when I was down here doing the work experience, Al would tell you the first night I came down here, I was so shy and timid. Um, but we just got on really well. And mm-hmm. we met through a mutual friend of ours who Al was training at the time mm-hmm. and I played rug- rugby with. Um, so we came down here and we just got on really well. And just the connection with us is been really good and we're good friends now. Mm. So do you think people um, should have a mentor for like any aspect of their life? If there's like a particular area they're struggling with? So if it is fitness, they're in person. So for both of you, it's been to in your career, Mm -hmm. I suppose. Um, But what about like if you're struggling to get on path with your fitness journey? Mm -hmm. Well, 
mentor, I think people just need a support network in right. general. It doesn't necessarily have to be a mentor. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone that's going to just teach them all the ways. You just need a support network, and that's always the biggest thing. Um, regardless, if, if, you, if you get the support through psychologists, if you get the support through, you know, personal trainers, nutritionists, anyone that's going to help you elevate yourself, whatever feels right for you, mm -hmm. for your personal goals, that's what you need. Yeah. And um, like I said, the connection has to be right as well. And um, you've got to have this, yeah, you have to have similar values as well. Okay. And that's a, that's a big one. So um, if someone out there is thinking, oh, maybe I need a mentor, <laughs> how would they, what should they look for? How do they start to find that right person? Or is it just something you feel? Well, referrals is a big one. So if you get referred, that's always a good one because a lot of the times, even even salespeople will say this, the way they get referrals is through like word of mouth as such. Yeah. Um, so just, just doing your research um, and also being able to, to meet face-to-face -face, because a lot of mentors are online now. If you meet them face-to-face, -face, then that's where you get – for me, that's how you get the real connection. Yeah. Um, and there, there's definitely a lot out there, but just purely you, – you, you'll know straight, straight off the bat if, if it's going to work or, or if it's not. And um, if you have similar values, yeah, yeah. if you have a similar purpose and a similar vision, that's always going to – yeah, and there has to be that connection. You. Like if you don't have that connection with someone, they're trying to tell you what you should be doing in your life. Are you really going to listen to them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, so for instance, like, you know, Benny, shout out to you as well. Like, you know, he, the way I met Al was like, I didn't even know Al wanted to do work experience. I just got a random phone call from an unknown number yeah. and I picked it up. I was like, Hello? He's like, oh, yeah, uh, my name's Alan. I'm, I'm keen to do some work experience. I got your number from Brendan. I, I trained rugby with him. I was just like, I had no idea you were calling. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah. you know, just just complete other whim. And then, like, when I saw Benny the next time I said to him, I said, oh, your friend Al called me. He said he wanted to do work experience. He was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. I was like, okay, all right, fair enough. That's cool. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we already sorted out a time. So yeah. immediately, like, it's it's amazing it's, it's amazing how you meet. Like, it's just, yeah. you just don't expect it sometimes. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of the universe, you know, so. And is it, were you nervous doing that, just making a random call? or that? Doesn't yeah, happen? I was very nervous because yeah. it's a big career change for me to move yeah. into this industry. So, yeah, it was kind of, t it's taking that step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you've got an interesting story too. Yeah. Can you tell us how you, what your journey into fitness has been? <clears throat> so, from when I was a teenager, I was quite fit, playing a lot of sport, um, then as I got a bit older, I had some serious back issues as well, where I couldn't walk for three or four months, or if I could walk, it was very poorly. I had some compressed discs in my back. And from that, I got very, I had to give up work. Um, but from that, I got very lazy and fell into a lot of bad habits, like just eating crap food, going down to the pub midweek, just having a few drinks, nothing serious but it all adds up and it's all just lead, leading to a bad lifestyle and then thankfully I had this amazing physio back in Ireland because I'd been to surgeon surgeons one surgeon told me that I'd never play sport again I'd never do any physical activity wouldn't be able to do a physical job and I was like 18 19 at the time oh, so hearing that massive. at that age is pretty demoralizing but I went to this great um, physio called Peter Marr, 
and he's an ex-Olympian uh, marathon runner. Okay. And he just had this amazing setup down at his location back in Ireland. And he just said to me casually one day after seeing him for a couple of months was, when are you going back playing rugby? And I kind of looked at him in shock and said, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, okay, you're fit enough. You can go back playing rugby after being told cool. by a surgeon. That is that wicked. Who a surgeon who you think is like, I hire you. Think yeah. <laughs> and talking back with my dad about that time we went to the surgeon, he, he didn't say it to me at the time, but when we left that consultation, he was so mad. Like to tell a 19 year old kid that you, you can't play amazing. sport yeah. anymore. Mm. But then, as I said, I got very heavy from like just being probably maybe a little bit of that. Like I'm not going to be active anymore. Mm. I ballooned up to like 120 kilos. I've shown Al pictures of me when I was like 21. It's like <laughs> it was not <laughs> yeah. at all. It's a completely um, different person. So how did you? What was this like? How did you start moving then? If you've gone from not being able to really move a lot. What was the first, was it just little steps at the start? Yeah, it was little steps, like the physio, he was just great, just getting me moving, um, got my back. Once my back got right, I started back, after he said back playing rugby, I started going back playing rugby, but then there's the whole social side of sport and that, and I still, I was still training for rugby, but I was still like eating crap food, just having a really bad diet. Um, so I was still moving in that, but I was still not, like, I didn't realize at the time myself that I was gone so big. Right. That I was gone so overweight. And just like, looking back in the pictures makes me cringe. Yeah. But and then it was like seeing pictures at my brother's wedding that really kicked it off for me. That I was like, that's not who. Yeah. Like considering pictures of me when I was a teenager and I was quite fit, I was not someone who I wanted to be. So it became a real emotional connection that that was the trigger, was it? To, yeah, it was just it was like, just, that's not who I want to be. I yeah. don't want to be that size. I don't want to be overweight. I want to get get myself fit again. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like embarrassed to get pictures taken. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so um, when you started exercising, you said before you were doing a little bits at home and then you yeah. and then eventually you took the step and you went into gym or? Yeah, I started back into gym. I just started, I cleaned up my diet a lot and started eating healthy. Yep. Um, Got a little bit educated of just on healthier choices to eat. Mm -hmm. um, my brother actually put me onto this um, diet program. I wouldn't say, say a diet, more of an eating program, just okay. kind of educate you a bit more about food. Yep. And I just took that on for six weeks, started just move, moving more. Yeah. Um, kind of changed my mindset a little bit. Like I used to get up in the morning, go for a run, and then I'd go like, through the, the rugby season, I had my rugby training during the week. And then there's a few guys at the rugby club, actually, because I'd never really lifted weights before, even when I was a teenager. And our rugby club expanded a lot, and we got a gym. And I remember from the first time going up into that gym with a few of the guys and just the knowledge they had was great. Mm. See, something interesting you've said there, um, so it was – the rugby, it's a very yeah. much a team-based yeah. bonding thing, right? So it becomes like a, a trip, being a part of a tribe. Yeah. Um, and that sort of brings me back to, I suppose, with Alan, with um, your idea of creating fun or having mm -hmm. movement and fun and uh, guilt-free fun and um, and then how you're, you know, you used to go to the pub and it was yeah. connecting with people at the pub. Yeah. 
I still go to the pub. It's <laughs> <laughs> so human. Yeah. You know? How do we um, how do we find our own how do we find that balance, I suppose, between uh, fitness, enjoying it, and yeah, um, social connection is very important. I feel I personally believe that people always want to be a part of something. It could be anything. Um, people just want to be around people with like I keep talking about values, but very similar values. And um, we all want friends, and we all want a community that's going that's going to uplift us. You know. Mm. Yeah. And th- and that's the reason why we socialize with friends is because we're always like, you know, we don't go there to, especially in a social outing, we don't go there to like to be depressed or to, you know, to, to try and down the mood. It's literally yeah, like to, to uplift up. each other, you know, mm. especially haven't seen each other in a while. It's always, like, hey, how's it going? You know, mm. what's new? Mm. So, um, yeah, community is a big thing. Yeah. And it's about trying to find the balance of staying true to your purpose and staying true to what your goals are but still being able to be involved with that community, mm. which is a very tough thing. I mean, um, I know people that have been sober for years, but they still go out and still socialise with, with friends out, out in pubs and out in areas where they might feel tempted to, to pick up a drink and it's completely fine. Yeah. Even like people that have quit smoking as well, they can, I know a lot of people, it's hard, but I know a lot of people that can be around people that smoke and not want to pick up a cigarette as such mm. so it's just being about staying on track staying on purpose but at the same time still finding that connection value that's deeper than what the influence is interesting does that make sense yeah, yeah? right definitely so yeah. based on that then if you can create if you can find um a fitness community mm-hmm. that you can connect with on a deeper level correct then you're more inclined to be needing a like really mm-hmm. um having a thirst to go to that exercise right. class because you're connected mm-hmm. with people, then the influence of going, maybe I should just hang at home, watch Netflix. Absolutely. And smash back some Doritos. The biggest, <laughs> the biggest thing, um, the reason why this community works so well and the reason why my clients are so awesome is like we all go through everyday stresses. We either work too long hours, we're sitting down too long, we're stressed out because a lot of them are married and have kids as well and they're up at late hours of the night. You know, um, this is their accountability to be able to look after themselves guilt-free. Right. You know, I mean, I used to, I used to model myself after personal trainers back in the day because I couldn't quite figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, obviously, there's the typical things like I want to help my clients lose weight, I want to help them gain muscle, I want to help them feel fitter. You know, all the typical the typical catch the punch, phrases or the, yeah. the punchline words. Right. Every personal trainer wants to do that. That, yeah. that, that, that that should be a given that by default you're doing that but what is it what is the bigger purpose and what is the mission that you're trying to accomplish and um, one thing was people were lacking fun in their lives it was yeah. huge they were sacrificing their own personal health to look after other people which is big but at the same time you've got to put back into yourself as well yeah it's, well, that's actually one of the biggest things isn't mm-hmm. it people not um, mm-hmm. stopping and going what is it that I really love to do mm-hmm. and am I doing that every yeah. day and oh. it's like, if you can get down here for an hour, smash out a big session with a whole bunch of people that want to do the same thing, have a laugh, pump some music, you know, yeah. you know, just rip into me for an hour. Like right. that, that <laughs> to me, that I've, I've already served my purpose yeah. by doing that. Yeah, and, by, can... and by doing that as well, these guys are getting something out of it by moving better and feeling better about themselves mm-hmm. and knowing that they can, I mean, it may not change their mood immediately, but afterwards they're going to turn around and say, look, I'm glad I did that. And now I can go and face what the real world is, face back to my reality and just be a little bit more calm and at peace with myself, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I can see it a lot here with your clients, how <coughs> much fun they have. Like everyone comes down here. You can see a couple of clients that mm -hmm. come in. They might not be in the best mood when they, mm -hmm. they start, but they're still here because they know they're going to come down. They can have fun. And as Al said, they can rip into them. <laughs> and, and they do yeah. but like yeah it's just the community that yeah. that's here in this gym is just I've definitely amazing. noticed that when I came down last yeah. time and I was like this just looks fun it's just this yeah. is a family mm. this is a family environment the it's, biggest it's, thing for Al as well I think I think I don't mean to put you on blast but like his biggest thing is is like to gain confidence within yourself and to be mm. able to you know to be able to see if this is something that you really can do mm. you know and just from the very first session from when I first met him <laughs> It's like it's like being like the first day of school again. Like you don't know who you're gonna meet and all that kind of stuff. I get I get all that, but within like a week, just like sitting down with him and just saying, "Hey, man, like like this is something you want to do. You need to be in charge. And you need to make sure that yeah. you're you're putting your stamp on it as well." Yeah. Yes, this is very much my facility and my gym, but I want you to put your stamp yeah, on it too. Yeah, I know. And then within a week's time, like his confidence went up. He started to get to know everyone in here, and like everyone loves him now. So, yeah, you know, I remember that feeling going <clears> into. Um, a gym for the first time and being like it can be very daunting it's so yeah. scary yeah. and you're like is someone gonna like match up with me am I gonna have anyone to talk with am I gonna yeah. be on my own or it's it's terrifying and I think it's actually terrifying for a good month or even two depending on you know mm -hmm. how how quickly you adjust yeah. but it's taking that leap and um mm -hmm. you always like I've never regretted going to a, mm -hmm. a gym session no, no one ever. Like, I don't think walks anyone out. does, no. do they? You might I've never you heard might... anyone go, "Why on earth did I just do that? I should have stayed home and done all that work that I have to do." <laughs> yeah, and it's so humbling getting messages from clients as well. Like even after when the session's over, they'll like when they send you a message to say, "Hey, like really thanks for that. Like thank you for helping me get in." Or like just like I've had the shittest day. But because I came in, I feel so much better. Like I get when you get messages like that, like you know you've served your purpose. Mm. It has at the end of the day, like the bonus is them to drop body fat and to gain muscle and to feel fitter. Mm. But generally, you're really helping out with people's mindset yeah. in a positive way. And that's exactly what it is. So what would you say to like um, someone who sort of goes to the gym a couple of times a week um, or they're a little bit fit, but they're still um, fine – you know, they're still really way too busy to be going to the gym as much as they'd like to or they're, they're sort of saying, oh, I just I don't have time to go more than three times a week at the moment. I would love to go but they're feeling the pressures from other parts of their life. Mm -hmm. How can they optimise their life or ch change things around so they can be getting to the gym all the time or do you think people don't need to be going necessarily well, I Four, guess five times I guess the educated answer would be to schedule your time better. Yeah. I mean, as as cliche as that sounds, scheduling scheduling and planning your day will actually you realize how much free times you actually have. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the times we tend to go with the flow of how the day's going depending on everyone's different at the end of the day, but for me, the turning point was being able to schedule and being organized with that. Mm -hmm. And then that way I saw what gaps I had free to be able to put back into myself. It doesn't necessarily have to be I need to train at that time. It's doing something for yourself. And that's that's the big message that I want to send out to people rather than tra training is just an aspect and training training's not for everybody. It's about trying to put back into yourself and to give yourself that guilt-free time regardless mm -hmm. of what it is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the educated answer is, is scheduling and figuring out what your day-to-day -day looks like and finding slots in the day to be able to put back into yourself. But... Really? I think that's actually, that's such a, 
logical answer, mm. but a lot of us don't do it, exactly. do we? Exactly. It's about living in your values. You've got to yeah. live in your values every single day. Mm. If you don't, if you don't, then you're not really living with a lot of purpose. No. Especially now with the <clears> age of the smartphone. Like, right. It's so often, like, oh, you can sit down on your phone, you can mm. lose an hour of your day. Oh, just, yeah. I'll go on Facebook. Oh, now I'll go on Instagram. And you basically end up looking at the same stuff mm-hmm. on both of them. But there's mm-hmm. an hour there you can easily just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even, away your day. even my timetable for the classes, they're structured purely so then getting feedback from the guys, I know when their free times are. So mm. then that way it's going to optimize their chances of getting more sessions mm. in. Yeah, I purposely block out an 8 o'clock time slot because that is for me to put back into myself for that hour. Right. And then I have a 9 o'clock mm. session for your uni students, for the people that like to sleep in a bit more. For the uh, for mums that have just done their morning school drop offs and all that kind of stuff, nine o'clock's a prime time for them as well. Yeah. So it's about structuring yeah. as well. So I get that hour to myself from to do your yeah, thing exactly. Yeah. Um. So do you think people should um do they are they best to start off sitting down and planning like a week ahead, a month ahead, or just the night before? Um. You want to know. You, you, you want to know, like, what your week looks like. So, for me, I think a week is is good, planning out your week. Because yeah, things can change so quickly. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, and, so. like, things are given to you in advance these days. So, like, if you know you've yeah. got something on a Saturday night, they're not going to, especially for an, for an event, they're not going to throw it at you last minute. Yeah. You're going to be able to plan and schedule it. It's just about taking the time to schedule mm-hmm. and to really map out your day. This is just something that's jumped into my mind. What what do you do if you say you've got in your schedule, I'm meant to be going to the gym at the nine o'clock session, mm-hmm. but a friend messages me and they want me to go help out or have coffee or something like that. And then you get this dilemma when you're like, oh, I feel like I should go to my friends and help her out, but I really want to do the gym. How do you? How do people? Do we just need to toughen up and that, just? That's just, just being unsure of what you want. Ah. Purely, that's yeah. it. that's just being unsure yeah. of, of of what you of what you value. Yeah. So If if something if something like that comes up where it's like last minute, and you know emergencies happen all the yeah. time yeah. and such, but I get that, and people have to stay back at work, and I understand that too. But uh, if it's if it's purely for the mindset of like, oh, I can just. Be lazy as such, mm. with a use of a better word. Then generally, that's looking after yourself and moving well and feeling better about yourself and training and all that kind of stuff is not a really big value for you, and that's okay. Mm. But if you if you choose to to socialize, like that can happen another time. Right. So you, when you're faced with something like that, you probably mm-hmm. best to stop and just think. Oh, yeah. You, what's my, what am I? You got you, you got to assess and you got to you got to see what resonates with you mm. and what you're going to get out of it. Mm. If it's the social connection, if that if the training doesn't provide that for you and you want a social connection with your friend instead, then go ahead and do that. Mm. That 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 tells that what that tells me is that you don't really value health as much as you do. As yeah. Or as much social. as you thought you yeah. did. Yeah. 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 So um in terms of making goals and things like that for yourself, what is when you see people who commit to the gym versus people who sort of might go a little bit and then they sort of drop off. Mm-hmm. Can you see a difference in how they've set their goals or how they generally start the to people their values? In my experience, 
generally the people that really chop and change and kind of train for like two weeks and then drop off for six months and then get back into it, they're just unsure of what they want. Yeah. Everyone wants all the stereotypical things. Oh, it's a new new year, new me. I want to feel fitter. I want to drop body fat. You know, I'm sick of, you know, being able to suck my stomach in without fitting into my jeans. It could be anything. Mm. To me, that's that's just... In terms of goal mapping, that's a little bit low level yeah. because really it's just you're just basing it off emotions that you're feeling at the time, but mm. it's not going to resonate as a long-term goal. So for me, the people that generally do that is they're just unsure of what they want. Mm. I think people also need to realize like things don't happen overnight. Like you were saying with the New Year's resolution kind of thing or mm. people who come for two weeks. They might come to the gym for two weeks and they mm-hmm. don't see a result straight away and they might get put off for mm-hmm. six months. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so how long do you reckon it would take for people to start to see some results if they were... Well, it depends on what their Say they're going is, three, like, three times a week. The diet's starting to, you know, it's improving. You're going to see something immediately. I mean, after if you haven't exercised in a long time and you have your first session, you're going to feel sore as yeah. fuck the next day. Yeah. And that's the general feedback that we get from people that have started out. But in terms of a timeline, it really depends on how committed you are mm. into sticking with it. Because if you're just training three, if you're training three days a week, but your lifestyle is still remaining the same and you're still doing the exact same things, you're not going to get very far. Right. So. So in terms of diet and stress mm-hmm, and those mm-hmm. things, if you're not making yeah. changes in everything. The, the way I do yeah. it as well, I, I, I do spend a lot of time with clients and the clients that reach out to me that want me to put them on a plan, it's. I break down their scheduling as well. So it's not just seeing what they eat, seeing what their workouts are like, right? I actually have a look at their schedule and I see what their day-to-day is like. So then that way I can give them the advice, okay, this is where you need to, you know, this this time slot right here will be the best time for you to eat your lunch or this time slot here will be the best time for you to sit down and get some sunshine or like some, 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 something along those lines. Yeah, but it has to be within their values and what, what they enjoy as well. Mm. So I actually break down their schedule too and actually do a lot of scheduling work with them. Okay. Because once they have that structure, they can pin it up and they can put it on the back of their toilet or something that they can see all the time or inside their room and then they can always follow that. Right. Yeah, cool. You know? That's pretty good. So um, I had a question from um, one of our followers mm-hmm. and they were wondering if, they're, if they have made big changes with – their diet, um, they're starting to manage their stress and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are at this point only able to go to the gym um, three times a week, but they're going and doing high intensity three times a week and on the off days they're maybe walking um, or doing a little run or something like just something sort of more relaxing, mm-hmm. can they still get like muscle tone and like chisel figure <laughs> or do they have – Really, do you have to be doing more like five, six days in the gym to be getting those ultimate results? Um, It all depends on how... Like if somebody was going three days a week, was still going for walks and their days off, which is like your active recovery day, it all again comes down to what their goal is. Do they want to lose body fat? Do they want to um, build muscle? Um, Probably for muscle building, I think. Purely for muscle building? Yeah. You can still three days a week. Cause you can, I, you, you can still, you can still, yeah. Of, of course, you can still see results. Um, if they're after just purely muscle building, it's it's all to do with their 
their nutrition. It's all to do with their food and right. and the style of training that they do. They need to be doing more more bigger lifts. Like heavier stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. they've got to be taught correctly how to do that first before they do it, you know. Mm. So So what about um then on the flip side, someone who's going to the gym every day, seven days. Mm-hmm. Are they getting to a point where they're overtraining? Yeah. And yeah. they're not getting everything? So not like they're not um, getting all the benefits from what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Your body needs to recover, and that's like one of your goals as well, or one of your pillars you were saying is mm-hmm. recovery. Because recovery is a huge one. So they, how they don't necessarily have to do high intensity every single day. They can do other stuff to rehab themselves, or they can do things that's going to actually allow for them to be stronger without the physicality of it. So what do you mean? they can spend a day like booking in a massage treatment or they can spend a day like foam rolling correctly and they can spend a day like being able to like stretch. Even meditation helps as well. Uh, A lot of people too. Right. It just helps, just gets into the mindset. And also on top of that, it's also being able to prepare your meals correctly and all that kind of stuff too. So they need to, it's not just training as such, it's the other areas as well. Mm. It's, it's like a buffet. It's like, you know, you, you need you need a bit of everything to be able to gain a result. That's so like, how do they um how do they know then if they're when to have that day off? So should they pre schedule that day off or should they wait till the body's telling them? Because I feel like sometimes the body tells them when it's too late. Scheduling. Schedule. Yeah. Right. You gotta yeah, you gotta be prepared. You okay. definitely gotta be prepared for sure. Um yeah, if if they go for walks and stuff like if 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 if, if in environment is, is a big value of theirs and, they, and if they want to be outdoors and if they want to go for walks and they're, they're just really living in their valleys at the end of the day but they don't realise that they're exercising. Right, you know? yeah. Which, yeah. 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 Which is just a good be, thing. Being more active in your day-to-day life, like if you can, instead of mm-hmm. catching a bus or driving to work, if you can walk or cycle, it's little things like that that make a serious difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Like I said, routine is, a, is very important too, so... Oh, I've just had a look on here of one of my questions. I, what, I had something else interesting to ask you. It's your, in your gym, you have the people train with their shoes off. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to me why? Why? Yeah. Well, training barefoot, for, for me, that was a new thing as well because I've always been a gym trainer. And, like, you know, the rule was you need to have shoes on, otherwise you can't train. Like, And also, there's also, like, the, un- the other rule was, like, if you drop weights on your, f- your feet, obviously, you know, it's going to lower the impact. But with runners these days, they're so flimsy and they're so light that even if you drop weights on your foot, you're still going to feel it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's not yeah. Gonna yeah it's, it's really not going to protect it. You drop a 20-kilo plate. Unless if you're wearing steel caps mm-hmm. into the gym, which is, which is yeah. very unlikely. You know, That's so true. you know, yeah. but um, trainers within itself, yeah, it does protect your feet in with, within a sense. But you know, if even if you drop something heavy on it, you still it's probably still going to break regardless. You know, but um, the reason why we do train barefoot is because there's a lot of sensory nerves in the feet, and what that does, it it helps people with balance as well. So when we're doing our big lifts like our posterior and anterior classes, where there's a lot of big squats and big lifts like a deadlift or a push press, um. It allows for them to 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 plant their feet, and allows for them to get a lot of sensory nerves from their feet. So then that way the rest of their body can lift the weight up. There's a lot of research yeah. on it. Like I can I can explain it, but it, it, the short version is that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but definitely do research it. The reason why people train barefoot, and a lot of it has to do with balance. Because when you're doing big lifts and stuff, you need a lot of core stability. And you need a lot of balance. 
and to train barefoot. A lot of trainers as well, keep in mind, they're quite flimsy and a lot of them are designed for running. Yeah. So you're not going to get a lot of balance with that. They're quite flimsy as well. So, right. so it's allowing for the yeah, roll of the foot, of isn't it, for yeah, running? It, and like when, when you're doing a squat and you can feel the floor, it makes a huge difference. And like if, if you're in a safe and controlled environment, I do recommend for people to give that a go and just, and just see the difference. Okay. Yeah, because if you've got the wrong footwear, because yeah. I found when I first started back lifting and I was wearing... I had like Asics runners, which I thought like these are the best runners mm-hmm. you have, which probably are for mm-hmm. running. Yeah. Um, and when I was lifting, mm-hmm. I probably wasn't lifting as much as I could have until I actually changed footwear and I got a shoe that was more designed for lifting. I mm-hmm. saw massive difference. Mm. It's just, it goes yeah. short like your footwear. Yeah. While training barefoot. But also like what was the design of the footwear for your lifting? It was a flat shoe. It was completely flat. Yeah. Right? right. So that goes back to balance, you know. Mm. They've given you that. Yeah, they're basically giving you a, a shoe that's going to allow for you to keep balance. And that's, mm. that's the reason why we do it. Yeah, right. And I think um, like it, it, it took a while for me to, to wrap my head around it as well because I've always been a sneaker kind of guy too. But Yeah, it's new for me. Yeah. But um, you, you see a massive difference. And like I said, like it really helps when you're doing big power lifts and all that kind of stuff as well because everything comes from the feet in terms of where you feel. Okay, in terms yeah. of where you're pushing yeah, from. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you're wearing like runners that are designed for mm-hmm. running and you're doing like a heavy squat, you really want to like drive through your heels on it. Yeah. And if you're in a runner that has your, your little bit elevated. Yeah, they're trying really, to push you to the yeah, floor for yeah. it. Yeah. But once again, ah, it's just balance. Yeah. It's just yeah. balance, you know. Yeah. It's about yeah. allowing to. Yeah, I to remember feel. trying to do um, when I started doing boxing, and then they all had removed their shoes, and yeah. I, st- I was wearing it at the start. And then I, I didn't even realize no one was wearing shoes, and I thought, oh, it's obviously a rule. I better take my shoes off. Yeah. Um, got used to training without it, and then I went one day. I put them back on just to see what happened, and I felt so slow. I couldn't. I couldn't move. My feet yeah. weren't like quick it's, enough. With... Especially for our classes, like we do like we do like Thai fitness and we do kickboxing and all that kind of stuff as well. I'd always recommend for them to take their shoes off because, mm. you know, a lot of shoes have, have a lot of grip as well. You're not going to be able to have like a lot of rotation. You're not going to be able to move your body properly if you're constantly gripped to the ground. Yeah. yeah. That's the reason why I get them well. to remove their shoes as well. And like you watch any fight, you watch any Muay Thai fight, any MMA fight, UFC, anything, it's like they, they all – work out barefoot <laughs> yeah yeah it's because they want to feel everything that's happening and a lot like i said a lot of it comes from the feet mm. yeah. yeah um all right well i have one last question from both of you um mm-hmm. so what I, and i want to know one thing from each of you sure if you could only implement one thing into your life to have the biggest impact in terms of optimizing your overall health and wellness what's one thing that's going to make you optimize it the most probably accountability um like what do you actually want perfect right mm-hmm. um for me a lot of the time i like when i'm training it's training for sport i want to be stronger um mm-hmm. for my sport yeah um and it's that and also i've just been in the gym so yeah. it's like so if you've got someone who's holding you accountable you just end up making the right um, your decisions, I suppose, are a little bit more specific, aren't they? They're yeah. A little bit more targeted. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Well, accountability is a big one. We all need accountability and we all need, yeah, we all need that support. 
And for me, for you to optimize it, community is a big one. Okay. Community. You want to be a part of something. Yeah. You want to be a part of something and you want you want people that are going to ride for you. And you want people that are going to support you. And people that are going to push you as well. Absolutely. It's great yeah. seeing here with yeah. the community yeah. that's here. Yeah. If you, you see, if someone's struggling on an exercise, they don't need Al or myself to come over. There's the guys here. Everyone's pushing each other along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like it. Community yeah. and accountability. A community and accountability because you can't do it on your own. Yeah. As much as as much as you feel you can. Yeah, you, always, you, you can you, go to the next level, support. isn't it? Yeah, you can, you go can to the next track level on. With support. Yeah, but you absolutely. Can, yeah, jump up if you. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. everyone's different. There's a lot of people out there that can just do it on their own, and the hats off to them. But, um, yeah, yeah, wicked. Is a big thing. So, can you just tell people where they can um, get in touch with you? I suppose. Yeah. Um, well, you can get in touch with me either through Facebook or Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, it's intro underscore deuces. And on Facebook, it's just GTL. Now, because I took over a business and Facebook are being real dicks at the moment and they won't <laughs> allow me to change the name, um, it's, we've had to change it to GTL because the original business that I bought out were called Gator Life. Oh, okay. And um, they won't allow me to change the name because, I don't know, it's breaching some policy some of theirs. You know, you know how it goes. Yeah. So we've adjusted it to GTL in the meantime just so then, just so then it gives a differentiation of that it's yeah. not gate to life as such. So yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. So you can find me on GTL on Facebook or intro underscore deuces on Instagram. Wicked. Yeah. Thanks guys. I'm located in Canning Vale as well. So anyone south of the river come down for sure. Actually it's a wicked gym. This place is like mm. yeah, it's got a really good vibe in here. So um and don't be scared to come in because it is the kindest, most encouraging environment I've ever stepped into. So Give it a go, people. Thank you to Alex for having us on. Thank you, Alan and Alan from Introducers for that fabulous interview. I hope everybody enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed doing it. Um, And I've definitely changed my outlook on fitness after having that chat with you, how improving stickability might be achieved through creating a stronger connection with your community. Now, if anyone would like to check out or follow Alan and um, the Introducers Gym, you can find them on Instagram at intro underscore juices, which is spelt D-E-U-C-E-S. All right, don't forget to check out the show notes for all of our special uh, giveaway deals. So that can be found at ikuku.com.au. We have our book giveaway for anyone who subscribes to ikuku or who leaves a review for our podcast. We would be much appreciated. Um, And of course, we would love to stay connected with all of you via Instagram page, which is at ikuku underscore AUS. Now to sign off, I thought I would leave you with this little quote from Theodore Roosevelt. Keep your eyes on the stars and your feet on the ground. Have a fabulous week, everyone. Thanks for listening to the iCuckoo podcast at iCuckoo.com.au.